Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sci-Fi Unchained. Really quick, I wanted to invite you all to join our social media just to keep up to date on any channel announcements, as well as our Patreon page, Sci-Fi Unchained Stories, where you can find tons of exclusive content, such as science fiction short stories, science fiction treatises, concept art, videos from old episodes. So if you enjoy the show, hop on over and support the channel. It'll create a whole bunch of new and exciting opportunities. Thank you guys so much for your avid listenership and support. Now enjoy the show. All right, let's get into it. Just some muddling thoughts around what would happen if, like in many movies and TV shows and novels, what if nature started to not necessarily strike back, but quell its its human population? What if it started to react to all of the aggressive um, over-pollution and uh, dirtying of the planet, right? What if nature actively started growing at a rapid pace, quickly overtaking everything? So you have trees and vines and plants and bushes uh, growing over all the roads, buildings, bridges, and stores, just let, let's say overnight. Let's be a little bit more realistic. Uh, <laughs> over, say, a couple of days, you start to have vines and, and shrubbery creep up the sides of buildings. No worries. The, the city puts in a work order and to, to have everything taken off of all these public buildings and, and everything. It will probably not get done till the next day or the day after. And in that time, nature will have more time to grow and overtake everything. And soon enough, the, the roads are masked with... Uh, all these branches and vines and leaves. And of course, cars are still traversing the roads. So it, the, the roads may take quite a bit of time to overtake, but still you have everything else going on, right? You, you have trees starting to crack foundations uh, as, as they grow roots up under the concrete. Uh, what if pollen and spores were released in cloud-like quantities? And even animals become far more predatory towards humans. And thusly, humans have to adapt, right, to survive. We wouldn't get rid of masks for <laughs> forever. <laughs> um, could we really rely on our advancements in technology? to save us or should we go a complete 180 should we return to our ancestral roots and merge with nature you know we talk about saving the planet and in and the environment quite a lot but still cause just as much damage as we are uh, doing healing 
What if the world we inhabit decided to carve out the sores plaguing its body? I mean, could could we see that? Would we abandon our cityscapes, our suburbs? Would we retreat to the mountains, the the forests, the hills? Because the ways that I can see that happening the most is, say, flooding. I mean, we, we as a species constantly gravitate more towards um, the ocean. We, we settle more on the coastal areas uh, as, a, as a species. That's where our populations tend to be the, the most dense. So nature could very easily uh, raise the water levels Sharknado? I don't know. Something. <laughs> um, a lot of people, a lot of environmentalists like to argue that that is exactly what the increase in severity of storms and um, say even the, the freak cold snap, the, the great freeze felt down in Texas. Uh, they argue along the line, not exactly this, but along the lines of this is nature fighting back against us. And they could be right. Who knows? I mean, the, the, the planet, the, the rock we inhabit spinning around in space is a lot more intelligent than we give it for. And it may not be intelligent or sentient or alive in the way that we think it is. However, it, it's alive in the same way that, say, a tree is alive. I mean, trees live. Trees grow their roots away from dangerous places. They, go, they grow towards where water is, uh, where they can get the most sunlight, where they can get uh, more nutrients from more rich soil. So trees can think and, and are actively aware at some level. So I, I like to imagine that the planet shares that level of intellect at some primal level, right? On, on some some way that we don't quite understand. And I know this sounds all very, you know, Avatar, Pocahontas, Last of the Mohicans, but, <laughs> but I mean, it's fascinating when, whenever you study it. Uh, one of the biggest bits of flora on the planet, I think, is this fungus I can't remember where it is. It's either somewhere in North America or in the Amazon, but it's this fungus and it's as big as a football field. I think it was. I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's this one enormous organism. And it's constantly growing. It's constantly uh, hardening and intaking more and more and getting bigger and bigger. And if you study fungus, you you, and have also studied the human body, you notice a whole bunch of 
eerie similarities. Very strange things that to, to the untrained eye may seem compatible. Like large fungal bodies like that have something akin to our nervous system. That's fascinating. And I, I wonder if something like that exists in, in trees. It probably does. I don't know. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it, it, it most likely could. But I've, I've chopped down plenty of trees in my time. And I've never looked inside the bark of a tree and said, yeah, that looks like a vein. This looks like a capillary. This, this is the nerve ending. It's all just wood. So I don't know. I don't know quite the the. Well, I guess I would have to understand the biology of a tree. And I have a very basic understanding of the biology of a tree. <laughs> but yeah, maybe nature could do something. It certainly could release certain chemical composites to influence animals, right? There are flowers and fungal growths and things that can release uh, pollen and certain uh, smells and, and odors that can influence animals to do certain things, right? A lot of them, like, say, fruits or vegetables, will cause the animals to eat them. And then they poop out the seeds, more trees grow. That's how the fruits and vegetables reproduce. Well, fruits, rather. Vegetables don't have seeds. So, uh, they, they also have, uh, th can release things that tell the animals to stay away or to even act in a feral nature. Well, what if nature decided to ramp that up a bit and kind of make it more pointed and guide the animals to do what it, it, it wants them to do. Say there's a group of humans, there was a population of humans, and they were spilling oil. Nature was getting hurt by it. So there was this local populace of coyotes. And nature is forming like a corridor of these odors and these chemicals that lead the coyotes down this corridor of odors and chemicals and and all the while it's whipping them up into a frenzy and leads them to where the humans are and it devastates the population it just goes buck wild on them and and takes out a whole bunch of them i i can see this being a sci-fi channel movie <laughs> right where there's some biologists um and they, they are brought in to uh, recognize and study the situation. And they're seeing all these patterns that are occurring in nature that don't normally do. That they're, they're far out of sync with what normally happens in, say, these regions. Or like if a certain kind of plant that only could exist in, say, more arid regions started popping up in the middle, in the middle of Houston, Texas. 
the the biologists would and the botanists would would be flabbergasted like how why this isn't supposed to be here why is this here and it's causing you know some some sickness right it's causing very heavy pollen lots of colds and uh, that you know kind of av avalanches into flu and and pneumonia uh, the the more that this pollen sets on on the and it's not just pollen because down here in Houston we have plenty of pollen <laughs> we deal with it all the time but if it's a different type of pollen that our bodies aren't accustomed to and it, it sets on top of the existing pollen and not only that but it's done uh, intentionally by nature so it's these heavy massive clouds of something we can't escape because we're constantly breathing it in and it's choking our airways and our filling our lungs and not only is it giving us this these cold symptoms but it's also maybe poking at our at our lung tissue our internal lung tissue and it's causing some kind of damage yeah i could see this being a sci-fi movie <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm sure we've had something like it. I'm positive Sci-Fi Channel has done something just like this. They've, I mean, they've they've done so many Anaconda and Killer Croc movies. Uh, there was Eight Legged Freaks with the spiders. I'm sure something's been done. <laughs> but yeah, could we, to prevent this, fall back in a, into a more harmonious existence with the planet instead of you know building huge and giant bigger better things making things go faster making things taste better having more and more and more maybe we could do this with Switching how we view success and contempt, or rather being content, as, you know, growing a garden, living a very simple life. And there is a beauty to that simplicity. When, when, whenever I go out to the hill country, I, I don't see flashy bars or fancy restaurants i don't see theaters or showcases or towering buildings it's just hills just rolling hills with deer and lots of green and rocks and it's beautiful in its own way in in many ways So maybe we could take that vision of beauty and use it as a guide to shift our own perception of not just beauty, but success and ambition towards a greater beauty. Maybe, I don't know, but that was just rattling around in my mind. Um, it, it could lead to a whole bunch of 
I, I think we have certain ideologies and, and facets already so readily available to us, right? There's all these Druidism and, and paganisms and Hinduism and Buddhism and Christianity all have these messages and these oneness with nature passages and and being still and harmonious and calls to peaceableness among them. And they all deal with nature. They, they all have um, passages and, and lessons on how we should treat the planet, how we should treat ourselves, how we should treat each other. So who knows, maybe, maybe our utopia, which of course there is no utopia, but maybe the closest thing we do get to it is some sort of druidic symbiosis with nature. Because in our current evolution, we have pulled ourselves away from nature as a whole. We've locked ourselves in these concrete buildings. We've hooked ourselves up through these technological innovations. We're, we're downloading and uploading rather than enjoying maybe a blissful walk in the park. Who knows? I mean, I, I think there's a there's a really deep question in there, a couple of deep questions in there that are definitely worth reviewing and giving greater study to. But that's all I have for right now, guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Sci-Fi Unchained. Stick around for more. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends, and may the Force be with us all.